Welcome to the Todd Donald Show. It's a hangout podcast where we hang out. Uh, naturally, we want to flog the arts and local things, but I did that for roughly 15 years as the sole mission, and no one was p- paying me to do it. And the older I get, nah. There's the Kitchener Famous podcast now. There's the Bond Park people. There's the Creative People podcast, Midtown Radio. These are the go-to podcasts for the Waterloo Region's art scene now. And I, I'm not going to compete with that, even if I wanted to. But my co-host, Katie Topham, and I have been having a blast getting coffee and shooting the shit. We're going to get guests on, too. It's just a little trickier, but we will. Anyway, this episode is going to be normal in the sense of spinning four so indie tracks, but it's abnormal because of the reason, which I'm about to mention. We were going to record a regular episode on Monday, but Katie Topham, country music extraordinaire artist, uh, was taken ill, leaving me, Todd Donald, film and TV post-audio extraordinaire person to uh, vend for himself, which is fine. Uh, I have a huge archive of 10 years of now offline stuff from before the Todd Donald show started, which is five years ago. Uh, I can also have new chats or interviews recorded with people who aren't from Channel 101, which I do the Primetime Files podcast for. So on this episode, you're going to get essentially two chats from people in the arts in the Waterloo region who formerly worked at Stockyards Coffee in Kitchener, and they're both bodacious people. Stay tuned at the end because I'll plug Katie Topham and I's wares, and you can definitely follow us at Todd Donald Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tap that subscribe button. All links are in the episode notes. Please don't hit or smash the buttons. You have expensive mobile devices, probably, and it's not necessary to fucking smash and hit things. It's so violent. Please treat your phone like a like a loved one. On that note, let's get things started with a song. This is Waterloo Region Band that uh, was called Knock Knock Ginger. I've always kept them in their music in my heart. This was a band uh, when I was doing music. I listened to them constantly on MySpace. I recently got their discography on Bandcamp. It's a band that I always wanted to have on my radio show when I did that in the 2000s, but uh, I didn't. I did get to sit in when a friend had them on, and I went to one of these shows at the Trepid House. Deep cut, I know, but there was a there was a crazy guy there who didn't like what I was wearing, and I genuinely thought he wanted to murder me, so I left before the band went on. But that's another story. This is a song called The Tragic Love Affair of Casey and Jamie by Knock Knock Ginger. You got a way about you that keeps you out running pain. And I gotta say that I want you to stay. Say, I want 
Just joining us. This is the Todd Donald Show, but you should know that because it's a podcast that you downloaded and it says so on your device. The few minutes of the chat that you're about to hear is the full thing I recorded for the Rogers TV program I contribute to, and it was recorded on Voice Memo Outside Stockyards Coffee, where they make delicious Americano. Even though I brought my mics and laptop and interface, interface the the one thing I didn't bring was the goddamn USB cord, so it's on Voice Memo. But you know. The point is that because of the interview that follows it, I would ultimately meet this fantastic alternative singer-songwriter artist who goes by Lady Neptune. Please check her music out on SoundCloud. Link is in the show notes. We're going to go into that short but sweet chat with a uh, a short but sweet exclusive new song by Lady Neptune. And that song is called My Body is Allowed. So can you tell me how you would describe yourself as an artist? I would describe myself mainly as experimental. Um, I really enjoy stepping outside of my comfort zone and always trying new things, Um, including something I recently did, which was spoken word. I write poetry, so I, instead of singing, 
I made some music over like a spoken word that I did and I also will add like sometimes creepy voices in the background and stuff like that um I definitely enjoy confusing people right. in in um new sounds I, I sometimes I I see artists and not to put anyone down but like you can tell when artists are trying to go for the biggest audience possible and sometimes things that are more dissonant or avant-garde are something people will shy away from because they want the most attention they could possibly get where I'm just interpreting the idea that you're you're finding the you're you're willing to find the art the audience that uh is attracted to what you do specifically, i.e., what you want to do. Uh, is 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 that um, is that something that you're resonating with, or is it true to what you do? Yes, definitely. I would agree that I I've never enjoyed what was trending or what was supposed to be um, the way to go to do things in terms of my music. Um, I I do enjoy, and I I. Sorry, I'm gathering my thoughts. Um, I think that it's important to be authentic in your expression because, like you said, you I you won't attract the right audience, and I don't necessarily I don't want to do it for um, any other reason than to express myself. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't even see someone who's like trying to get an audience as much as they're just making for the sake of like what you just said yeah yeah <laughs> and I think it's really rad and I've, I've listened to some of the tracks on your SoundCloud and there's a mix of different like as you described some spoken words some creepy voices yeah yeah <laughs> um, and it's, well, it's I just find that kind of thing more interesting like um, like alternative music at any point yeah that's definitely something that I look for as well when I'm finding new music um, and I definitely try and um be like a little kid in my creative process so whatever I'm feeling do it before judgment um which is something that can be hard for a lot of people and in, including myself um so yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's great there's no wrong answers can I ask how uh can I ask how you got maybe you told me before but I mean it's not on it's not on the recording <laughs> this I can cut out um <laughs> But how did you, how did you, uh, where did the name Lady Neptune come from? <laughs> that was from, um, so I'm a Pisces, and Pisces is ruled by Neptune. And in astrology, Neptune, as it says in my uh, artist description, like my bio, Neptune rules over mystery, dreams, um, all of that cool stuff. So... I really resonated with that when I was researching it. So I said, I want to be, I want to have a name that's, I didn't want to just have my name as Amanda. I wanted to have something cool as my artist name. So I just came up, Lady Not Neptune popped into my head and that's what I decided it to be on a whim. And people liked it. <laughs> I also like that it's one word and with a four instead of an A on the lady. Yeah, that was actually because the username was taken, so I had to add the four. But now that's my own little, like, even more unique thing, so... Yeah, yeah. It's such a... Well, it's, it's, it's a very SoundCloudy name. Yeah. It, but it's like that cool story of how, like, Donald Glover put his name into a Wu-Tang name generator and it came out Childish Gambino. I did not know that. Yeah. That's funny. Wow. 
thanks again for doing this. We're yeah. really chilly because we're recording outside. But yeah, of course. I was excited for this. It's a cool. It's a really cool opportunity for me. Well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were. All right, the Elfie Calvacus interview is coming up shortly, but to go from segment to segment here, I'm going to spin another song. This one is by the f- the fascinating style of a band from California called The Manx. If that sounded like a sentence to you, then 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 let's move on. This is an album I'm very proud to say I have on vinyl because uh, it looks cool as hell, and it's by a smaller label called Sweatband Records that does nothing but awesome shit. Uh, I had the good fortune of chatting with their singer accordionist Mike Chillian about them when he was a guest on my other podcast, and they're they're just freaking stellar. Here's Nightblade from the album Malibu Slime by the Manx. So welcome back. Now the reason that I would end up falling in love with Americano coffee and getting it at stockyards and ultimately ended up meeting the music maker that you heard me chatting with earlier is because of the Quintessence Coalition, which is a program that Elfie and I both contribute to on Rogers TV. Uh, I'd been contributing archival stuff and I wanted to have a conversation again with someone. And this was winter 2021 when things were shutting down again. So I really needed some interaction. It wasn't just desperation for that. Uh, 
because while I'd already thought that all the artwork by my acquaintance Elfie Kafakis was just beautiful and brilliant, I thought it would be cool to have a nice combo. And and boy, was I wrong. It was smashing. Uh, I enjoyed it. And I'd like to say that we've become friends since. Here's the uncut full chit-chat. And this was literally our first time chatting from November 2021, visual artist, poet, and bona fide awesome as fuck coffee companion, Elfie Kalvakis. What drives you to make art? Yeah, sure. That's actually the best question, I think, to ask me because it does come from a central place. I am very multidisciplinary. Um, I do so many different things because I don't believe that everything I get has the same, requires the same medium to Mm -hmm. be told. My art is kind of an extension of my spiritual practice. I work with the earth. I, I, I grew up like super duper Christian and left that in my mid twenties when I sort of um, discovered tarot and was, I was so afraid about all that stuff growing up. Cause I was like super duper Christian, Greek Orthodox, mm. you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, and then I kind of like, I don't know, it broke me open and I was always in art. Like I, I did my degree in architecture so I was like working creatively forever and obviously had an aptitude for it. Being an artist was something that kind of evolved. I think I always, I obviously like I always was an artist, but I, it evolved in my own like consciousness over time. So anyway, so I got tarot and it kind of opened these doors to things that I normally was afraid of and realized like this connectiveness that I have. And I think we all have with um, something outside of the physical plane. So I, um, I started working more and more with that. And I met a shaman that I worked with for years who kind of helped me understand that art is my way of connecting to something beyond our like conscious world. So now I kind of treat it as kind of like uh, when things find me, like I'll get kind of inspiration through things and they have to come out and I can, I know when it feels right so um and I usually just follow through like even even in my my career like I've been a teacher I've been a mystic I've been an architect I'm going to be a professor now like you know I don't I don't have a straight path in the way that I operate Mm -hmm. but where it comes from is always like this idea of trying to understand like why we're here (laughs) that's sort of the reason behind most of it and it comes out in different ways because I do believe like the medium is the message, right? So you're going to mm-hmm. get the message out to different people using different media. And I think that's the role of what an artist should be. They kind of have to like envision a new reality and let people see it. I don't know if that makes any sense. I can't speak for people who don't understand the compulsion, but I can relate to it. It's transcendence. I think that's what creativity is. You're opening yourself up to something beyond you. And um, it's coming through you, I think. At least that's for me, at least. That's what it is. Well, for you to be a multi, like a multi-medium artist, which is like sounds so basic and brandy, but... No, like- it's not, though. I, like, I think that's how you qualify it. Because, you know, I, I know people who develop their craft and they refine it in the way that they do. And then they evolve in like kind of like micro refinements, right? Like you're going to look at you know, look at Andy Warhol was very multidisciplinary too. But if you look at his like original stuff, he was like a commercial artist who drew for, 
he, he was a commercial artist that drew for catalogs and magazines, right. right? So he would draw. And then he eventually took that commercial route to quote unquote professional artists route and developed into his style. But even then, like we just don't always see what other artists do. I think that that's kind of a decision as the artist is made to, well, if I want to make it as an artist, I need to find something that's digestible to people and then create it so that I can do something with it in this world. And so that makes sense, like to continue something that's caught uh, the interest of the public to Mm -hmm. refine it and make it better. I personally get bored by that because to me, art isn't about not that I don't care if I make it as an artist in the sense of like being like financially successful in the sense of selling my work. To me, the point of my art is to be true to what I'm getting and how it's getting out. Whether people like it or not, I know I still have to do it. So, you know, if you look at any major artist that you can think of, they have more than one thing that they've done. Like Dolly, for example, I love Dolly. He's like one of my favorites. He's done everything like installation, photography, film, surrealism, paint. But we know him for his paintings in a very one dimensional, traditional way as society. But he he was a Renaissance man. Like he did everything like Da Vinci. He was kind of like, I, I love Dolly so much. He's probably, he was probably for sure an asshole or something, but like, <laughs> but because he he was in his own he, his drive to create and to be part of that creative spirit of the universe like went beyond I don't know like what he was told sells right. or what he was told people like and I think and I struggle with that too because I know I could probably take a lot of the things that I do and monetize them maybe more and create more stuff that, you know, is like, okay, well, she's the one that does those, I don't know, celebrity icons and makes these candles out of them and da 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 da. I don't really care to be that though. I kind of like, I need to whirl around. The art is, the process is for me and my connection to other things. And if people buy it, then that's, that's awesome. <laughs> does that make sense? Totally. And the other half of the question, Forgive me if this has you repeating anything that you just said. I don't care. Sometimes we, as an example, when I've spent time making, recording, doing whatever with music and or what I've been working on since, you know, a lot of people can look at what you do and and say that's really nice. But like your family and your relationships will always question your motivation to do it if it's making you money or not. I know, Uh, right? But when you get, when that's not exactly the issue or the only issue sometimes it's why do you feel the need to spend time and your own money on being able to make it of course yeah like a hobby should just fit into the cracks is yeah but that's because society's messed up right like i i am not like everybody nobody ever understands my decision to do anything because i was in architecture i was in really like i've worked in Europe and in the the United States. I've worked at high profile firms in Toronto and I left it and I was like, screw this shit. I'm going to go be a teacher. And people are like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because I don't feel fulfilled. It doesn't fill me. And then went into teaching and had, there was a whole mess there too and left that another stable job. And they're like, well, you know, how are you going to make money? I'm like, the money is going to come. I'm not worried. I'm very capable. 
I'm going to figure it out. Um, I need to take care of myself. And I think that that's the thing that we kind of see as backwards in, in, in my opinion, in society and in, yeah. in, in generally like Western society is that if it doesn't bring you monetary success, that shouldn't be the primary focus, right? Like, why does that need to be the primary focus? Why can't the monetary part come as an afterthought? As long as you can, you know, have your have your pots all on the stove together. Do you know what I mean? Like we're we're multidimensional beings. We're we need finances. Me and my husband and me talk about this stuff all the time because I I I don't always make money, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I'll do different things. Recently I got like luckily got a, a position in Conestoga College. So I'll be a professor there for a couple courses and that's awesome. But sometimes that doesn't happen. But I know, I I really believe in what I'm doing. I believe that there's a need for it. I believe that I I have to do it to be a a well-rounded human being. Um, I have to do it to be a good mom to my son. I don't want my son to be chasing. I mean, he might just in spite of what I want, he'll probably go go be like a banker. (laughs) But, but, But if he doesn't understand that I'm living my truest version of myself, despite what I'm supposed to do, because, you know, and the thing is, is maybe it's because I've accomplished it. Like I, I got a good job. I had a well-paying career. I, you know, was successful in that way. And it didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for me. I was like working at these high profile design firms and working till like, like midnight sometimes rendering and detailing like condo buildings for a developer who didn't care about me sitting there and not being at home, you know, doing my hobby. Yeah. Well, I, I don't care about condo developers personally. You know, but you know what I mean though, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, well, if he can go home and sleep at night doing that, why am I, I don't want to be that person for him. I mean, I don't right. care enough about this building, <laughs> you know, some people do like my husband, my husband's an architect and he, went to school with me. That's how we met. And he does love his job and he does like care about it and devotes himself to it. And I think that's a magical thing when you find that it wasn't for me to me, art was that. And the unfortunate thing is that in our society and even having gone through the education system, like arts is not something that's funded. It's not something we go to school and we're told you need to know you're testing for math and language. And as long as you have those things, then you're going to be successful. It's like, okay. But then you have people in higher positions that can't think creatively. So what are we doing? Yeah. That's my Ted talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it's astounding how many people in high profile positions are just like intellectually 18. Well, yeah. Cause you're not taught to do that. There, there is a way to go up the ladder. You can do it. I really think that there's stepping stones, but in some ways, I mean, there's obviously lots and lots of ceilings depending on your gender, race, and lots of other things, but yeah. Wait, wait. (laughs) You mean it's not, Kate? You're not? (laughs) Wait. Let's let's unpack this. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. But but you know what I I mean? Success for me is not monetary success. And I'll bite my tongue saying that because I don't need money to 
do whatever my son needs to do and like pay my bill, but I don't want to ever let myself drown, but that's never going to be my full motivation for anything. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't believe that it can be. I think it needs to be a mix. You have to keep the art pure. The second I start doing art for other people, they don't know what it's like to be an artist. So why they don't know what it, they don't always know what it means to have messages come through to you that need to be drawn or that need to be creative. And, you know, cause we, we, we tend to suppress that in schools. We don't really focus on that stuff. Right. We focus mm. on very finite things. So. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Um, for the purposes of, I don't know what you call it, like a short segment on the on the show. There's I don't know what this is for, so I'm so sorry if I rambled on so much. No, I don't think of it that way. I enjoy getting to interact with people. Like, um, I wish that I talked more often with people who think the way you think. What it's do you wonderful. mean by that? My nuts. <laughs> I'm crazy. That's why <laughs> you're on crazy people. <laughs> Well, without having to explain it, that works. No, I just mean like the way you feel about the importance of art in your life is yeah. that wavelength is not common. I'm beginning to understand that. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to exist this way. I don't, I, I'm like you. I'm a bit of an intro extrovert. I kind of oscillate between the two. I can right. be fully available to people who who are able to listen and philosophize and whatever, but I have a really hard time with small talk. I have yeah. such a hard time with it. I like it makes me. Ugh, I can't even. I have fun being bad at it, but I've come. <laughs> it, it, I had to come to a place where I was okay with the fact that I'm not ever going to be good at it. So That's a good like, thing not to be good at. Superficial, one-dimensional conversation is yeah. not necessarily going to go anywhere. It's a good way in. I can meta mock it though. Wait, like, you can what? You can, can what? I can meta mock it. Like, what does that mean? Meta market? Like, oh, like, uh, yes, same with me. I'm very good at like masking that, like, you know, but I always end up having a very deep conversation. My husband always jokes. He's like, I don't know how you get people to tell you their secrets, but they just tell you everything. I don't know. I guess I just let myself be vulnerable. So people feel right. vulnerable as well. So yeah, you do, yeah, whatever gift you would call that, you don't need it with me. <laughs> I yeah, same with me. Because he's like, oh, I don't have a way in. I'm thinking to myself, this guy has no idea who he's talking to. Like, I'm just going to tell him everything. <laughs> like... Well, there you go. <laughs> in a good way, though. I didn't mean it like you didn't know what you're talking I mean, like, you don't need to be nervous around me is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty open booky, so. All right, I'm going to spin one more song and then I'm going to wrap it up. Please stay tuned and find out where you can see Katie Topman on stage as well as catch my audio work. Now, this song is by someone I not only had on MySpace, I found their music before that on a little website that could called purevolume.com. She's from New York, I think, or, or Boston. I can't remember. I think she's from New York, like the state. Now, we chatted briefly on Zoom for the first time in 2020, but it never led to doing a, a podcast, but I'd still love to chat with her on it. Uh, I've always loved the shit out of her songwriting and voice and would be very happy to start a fan base for her here in Waterloo region. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a self-titled album available on Bandcamp and you can get this song called Hell Night. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> 
Hey, that's the show. Once again, it's the Todd Donald Show, but you know that. I'm Todd Donald. I look forward to doing another episode with my co-host Katie Topham, who you can go see play tomorrow night at Strikers Bar in Kitchener. That's Strikers with a with a heavy metal Y instead of an I and a, a Z for zest instead of an S. Uh, she'll also be there in February on the 11th. Both tomorrow night and that show are 6 to 9 p.m. It's probably a legal drinking age and up show, but check with them on the internet. Uh, but I don't think we have listeners that, are, that aren't legal drinking age. Uh, LOL. Uh, those are Katie's nearest to now dates, but follow Katie and her, visit her website at katietopham.ca, which is in the show notes. If you enjoyed the music you heard on this episode and want more by them, that's also in the show notes. You can find out, uh, you can find all of these scripted podcast shorts that I have made or worked on on ToddDonald.com. And this coming Monday, the Frequency 101 podcast will be putting out the January 2023 episode. And if you don't know what that is, it's 10 short audio dramas or comedies. Uh, we're talking five minutes or less per show. Short, sweet. And you listen to the 10 shows. You vote for the five favorite or the five that you think are the best with the link in the show notes. And one week later, the votes are tallied and the five shows with the most votes move on to make the next episode. And the, uh, the other five creators make new pilots for the next month. It's a great thing. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. It's by the same folks who continue Channel 101, which if I have to shill out for the most famous things uh, for flogging purposes, show creators from Channel 101, the monthly comedy web series fest, have created shows like the Sarah Silverman Program, Community, Rick and Morty, Broad City, Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job, Hot Streets, Tig and Seek, and more. All kinds of well-known celebrities have been in Channel 101 shows, such as Car Jumper, Yacht Rock, and more. If you're a comedy nerd like me, you're a huge fan of not only that, but all of the shows and people who've been involved. And if you're you're just finding out about it, uh, you will be a fan of all that too. Just check it out on the, the internet. As I mentioned earlier, I do a podcast called Primetime Files for Channel 101. And if you can't get enough of me, (laughs) there's also that. On behalf of Katie, get well soon, Topham and I, thanks for listening to TDS. Follow us, like us, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) 